Hi everyone, this is Jennifer Harvey Salin from Intergifted. I'm happy to be back with you for a new episode of our Conversations on Gifted Trauma podcast. Today I'm with Lotte von Liet from the Netherlands, and Lotte is a longtime giftedness specialist. She's been doing her work for about 12 or 13 years now. She's a coach, lecturer, trainer, and author on giftedness and on creativity and positive disintegration. Today we're going to be talking about giftedness, loneliness, and the art of gifted connection, which are themes that we've both worked on professionally and personally for over a decade. We'll be exploring the particular ways that giftedness leads to social disconnection and the unique ways that we can reconnect. Truthfully, it's an art. It takes a lot of work. It takes social support to plug in. It's also a really complex issue with roots in trauma, restrictive collective narratives about what life is and what giftedness is, and it takes deep work for understanding ourselves and the nature of life in order to experience ourselves as embedded in the complexity of life in and all around us. So that's what we'll be talking about today. The idea for this episode came about when I saw that Lota was on a Dutch podcast talking about these themes, and I really wanted to listen, and uh, I don't speak or understand Dutch. So I asked Lota, could you come on my podcast and we can have the conversation in English? So here we are, and I'm very grateful that she's with us today. A quick few notes about this episode. We had some audio issues at the start of the discussion, which are resolved about 10 minutes in. So bear with us. It's not a big deal, but there's some echoing. Fortunately, it was only on my side. So after about 10 minutes, you'll be easier listening. Also, Lotte and I are both meta thinkers, and this means we jumped really quickly into the bigger systemic picture of everything. I realized after our recording, I forgot to mention that one of the easiest ways to start connecting is by joining our international community of gifted peers at Intergifted. So that's something you can learn more about on our website, intergifted.com gifted community. Last little note is that Lotte and I offer a lot of reading resources to explore at the end of the episode, but we got some of the names of the titles and authors wrong. So please be sure to check the links in our show notes so that you can get the right information. You can access those notes at intergifted.com slash conversations dash gifted dash trauma. With all that in mind, I welcome you to our episode on giftedness, loneliness, and the art of gifted connection with Lotte von Liet. Hi Lotte, welcome to the podcast and very glad to be with you today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I would love to have you introduce yourself a bit, tell us about your work with your company, A Lot of Complexity, your work as a coach and lecturer, a little bit about your book, and importantly, how you found out about giftedness to begin with, and how you figured out how to integrate it into your life. Yeah, yeah, so that's that sounds like a good beginning, <laughs> before <laughs> yeah, diving into the sort of, first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, sort of the broad repertoire of how giftedness manifests in my life right now. Um, so I think it was also by now 13 or 14 years ago that um, I had a profile on a dating site because I felt lonely um, <laughs> emotionally, socially. I felt very lonely and uh, the internet offers a lot of options to connect, of course. Um, of course, maybe not the quality of the connection is maybe not always that good, but at least it sort of invited me to explore a world in a way that felt a bit more safe than in the vis-a-vis -vis version. Yeah. So. And that profile was a bit idiosyncratic. I mean, I was talking about Heidegger, about Nietzsche on the profile and sort of having a philosophical, um, 
how do you say that in English? Satire, 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 yeah, satire, yeah, uh, about about relationships and about uh, dating sites. So there was a psychologist that responded and said, "Well, um, to me, it's really it, it leaves no doubt you're a gifted person, and you should look up the term, and uh, you should also read about Dabrowski's theory." And I was really like, okay, this is really a strange way to sort of try to invite <laughs> me to go on to dinner or something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's really brave, as we know. I mean, not everybody responds well to the gifted label. If you say to somebody, I think you're gifted. I mean, it's not a guarantee that they're going to respond well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I, I had a sort of an ex a response of estrangement or something when I read the term so there was there at the same time there was some sort of familiarity or already and at the mm -hmm. same time like oh I don't want to know this or something like uh, resistance mm -hmm. um, but I I looked up his profile and to me he was like the stereotype nerd <laughs> at that moment <laughs> so I I thought he's probably gifted <laughs> so he's right <laughs> another stereotype so I started to read about giftedness and I was just like many others, I was struck by, you know, the recognition. And really when talking about loneliness, also the experience of uh, this is sort of my place, or this is something that I really need to connect to, to understand who I am. It was really a vital part of the puzzle um, that the, the question, who am I, raises. Um, so it was a very interesting exploration that was triggered also when I read about positive disintegration. So I had the luck, so to speak, that he referred to both. And I think that really helped me because I uh, quickly also had the concept of overexcitability to understand giftedness. Uh, and that uh, gave me sort of context to not think in stereotypical ways about mm -hmm. giftedness right away. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we developed a friendship and uh, we went uh, we went for dinner indeed. <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah, we talked about this like every week for months or, and it was really also very therapeutic for me. Mm. And uh, something that really gave me a lot of resources to tap into and make me feel that I want to give this back to other people, right? To, to mm -hmm. share this with the world, like this is, this is of value and more people that could recognize themselves should know about this. Um, so yeah, for me, it was really I had the luck that at the time when I was finished with my studies and I really didn't know what to do I met him and he gave me these perspectives and I suddenly saw my way into society because I really felt how can I be part of society that was really a tough question for me so I had the luck that everything sort of fell into place at once it almost feels like it was predestined or something yeah if, yeah you know like, fate. there were a lot of transcendent feelings in that time and period okay. yeah yeah and was he a specialist in that in in giftedness or he just happened no. to know about it because of his personal giftedness yeah exactly although yeah, he, he is a social psychologist um researcher and he knew about his giftedness for a long time already Okay. Uh, so yeah, he already had to learn a lot about it, and I guess he could easily recognize it in the profile. Yeah, that's such a cool story. Yeah, it is the dating site. <laughs> <laughs> it's so not what you would expect. I mean, and it makes you think of so many people who say, uh, "Well, I was never in gifted, you know, I was never um, in gifted education. I was never recognized mm. as gifted as a kid, so I'm probably not." And it's like, no, you can really. Even if you never know till you're an adult, 
it doesn't yeah. mean you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when I was young, quite a lot of people would say, oh, you're smart, or, or they would say you're sensitive. And I would always question whether or not that would be a positive thing they would say. Um, but so, so there were certain terms or there were terms such as uh, ambivalent, like, or, you know, emotional or, or whatever, all these kinds of terms that in a, from a certain perspective, you could also read as uh, expressions of giftedness in a certain context. Mm -hmm. But I never had that particular word and the particular context and literature that's out there. Um, yeah. and, and, and also the context that is more neutral, I guess, because it's just like sort of a description rather than a norm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was very, uh, yeah, I, that was very important for me. So, and then we decided to first give a workshop about positive disintegration. So we, so together we experimented a lot, like what work forms are interesting to connect to this theory and connect to people that uh, recognize themselves in terms such as intensity, sensitivity, creativity. And like two years after that, I decided to work for myself. Um, we had a sort of a gifted uh, <laughs> authority problem with each other. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily we remained friends afterwards. But um, uh, yeah, that turned out to be a good choice for me because I felt I needed that space to feel both sort of uh, personally responsible and autonomous mm -hmm. and connect from that space to others and mm -hmm. uh, really explore my creativity in this for me free manner and i started to uh yeah lecture a lot i started to give a lot of seminars and started to dive into topics such as creative giftedness emotional development um yeah very very different topics and i think the most the 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 topic that now is in my mind a lot is eco-psychology or our connection to nature being integral part of nature and um what does it do with us with our understanding of human beings that we don't recognize or even maybe experience sense that we're part of nature, mm -hmm. that we are nature. So that's sort of the short version of my long story. It's <laughs> a beautiful story. And I have to tell you, like listening, something that I've done as an adult to, let's say, soothe some of the wounds of loneliness from my childhood or even from my 20s when before I understood giftedness and stuff um, has been to kind of go back and talk to the younger versions of myself or go back, especially when I meet somebody. And I know that like when you talk about your story, this was 13-ish years ago. Mm -hmm. And 13-ish years ago, I was rediscovering my giftedness as well. I had been identified as a kid, but I had forgotten. And then my mentor brought something up that reminded me of it. And at that time, I felt quite isolated. And when I was saying the word gifted to people, and especially in the way that I talk about it, which is a very holistic approach, people were like, what, what, you know? <laughs> and so just hearing your story, I'm like, I'm already saying, you know, to my 20, 28 year old self, hey, there's somebody in the Netherlands who's going through something similar, you know, who, and who's going to be doing this important work. Like a lot of what's available now is because people like you and me were saying, okay, well, this has changed me so much that I'm going to spread the word and um, help other gifted people to figure these things out. So from my 28 year old self to your 13 years ago self, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. We really meet, you know, at the point where our individual stories connect. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's also where our loneliness is actually something that we can mirror each other through. Like, see, I see you, I see your feelings of loneliness, and then you transcend it already in a sense, of course. Yeah. So we really need those individual stories of, of a recognition and exploration of giftedness and anything that comes along with it or is related to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that all the stereotypes aggravate loneliness. Right. And we also have these restricted narratives of what it means to be gifted and and restricted narratives are also very much a, uh, let's say, consequence of feeling chronically lonely. You know, yeah. you can feel that emptiness and having those th thoughts like, OK, well, I will be alone no matter what. They will yeah. not see me. You know, those are very self-destructive or relationship yeah. destructive. So once we see those individual stories and we recognize themselves ourselves even only in parts of it we connect already yeah uh, so i'm very glad that for example a community like intergifted gives voice to these individual stories yeah absolutely because it's a story that the stories connect right now they can ease my suffering right now or they can ease my sense of loneliness right now or give me options to practice the art of gifted connection right now but they then they can also give this like I'm talking about past and future, they can also give this relief to my past when I hear other people's stories and they, re you know, and I realize, oh, they were struggling with this in 1990, like I was, and we just yeah. didn't know each other. Because at that time, I just thought nobody, nobody else, I didn't know anybody else like me. And so I was like, am I completely alone in the world? And even yeah. if I'm feeling better today, it doesn't mean that the past wounds automatically get healed without me, you know, consciously kind of going back and giving attention to that. Yeah, and I think loneliness is quite a deep feeling. It's something that we hide away, maybe even for ourselves, you know, that we don't even connect with it ourselves. And if you do connect with that deep feeling and you do that over and over again throughout the years when connecting with it, the individual stories of others, you sort of have that experience of, okay, we're, I'm not floating around lonely in the universe, <laughs> yeah. which has sort of almost even, and I don't want to make it too romantic, but like a magical touch to it, right? Because you also open sort of the, the, the box of Pandora for yourself. And so particularly loneliness is something that, that has a taboo and we don't want to talk about it because it seems that if you say something about your own loneliness, you say something about not only your vulnerability but also that your own your, 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 there's something wrong with you right <laughs> why you're lonely there's so many <laughs> people out there why should you be lonely <laughs> yeah and then there's the guilt question about you know you you have friends you have family you have people that love you and you have people that spend their time with you and you have you know you have people that you appreciate so it's it can feel really embarrassing and, and ungrateful to say, I feel lonely, even though I'm surrounded, not just by people, you know, just not just by society, but by family and friends and a partner and my children and, you know, whoever's around you where they do fulfill some of your needs. And when we get deeper into the, the conversation about the art of connection, the art of gifted connection, I think that's one of the big areas where people can really work on the way that they communicate these things and the way they feel about themselves inside. Like a lot of my work is about taking the threads of the self and separating them out. What is giftedness? What is overexcitabilities? What is neurodivergence if you have it? What is mental health questions? What is trauma? Um, what are the different areas of need that you have? Like even within the giftedness, it's like you have intellectual giftedness, emotional giftedness, physical giftedness. I mean, everybody has these complex needs that, you know, I have friends that fill certain ones of those needs and friends that fill certain other ones. And 
also with the giftedness levels. If you're profoundly gifted, you might have mildly gifted friends that are brilliant and you really enjoy being with them, but there's a certain complexity that you need that goes beyond what they're going to, I don't want to say provide because it's not like a, you know, <laughs> it's not that kind of exchange, but their kind of complexity is fantastic and fun and interesting and all of those things. But there is a time where there's a different kind of complexity that you're, you just need. And it is, it's just a basic need. And if you don't get it, you feel really bad. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of space there for us to sort of understand as well. It's an embarrassing thing. And I like the way that you uh, describe it kind of as like a magical thing. It reminded me, I think it was our fourth episode where we talked about giftedness and symbolism and how we start to operate so much on the symbolic or abstract level about ourselves that we're no longer even plugged into like our body and what we really feel because we feel like such an alien, like seven times removed from mm -hmm. whatever, from our local um, circumstances, our local relationships, or even society in general. Yeah, so there's a ton of space to explore. And I think that's what makes this work exciting because like you said, it can sound so, I, you didn't use these words, but it can sound so black and white. Like I'm lonely and everything's bad or I'm totally fulfilled and everything's good. And it's not yeah. that simple. Like there's all these different parts of ourselves that get our needs met in different ways. But if we don't understand ourselves in, in all of our complexity, then how do we know how to respond to all of those different parts? Yeah, I think, you know, there's also, there's, there are important differences between like loneliness, uh, like family loneliness, where mm -hmm. you see that people tend to become, for example, self-destructive, can become self-destructive, which is all about, of course, fulfilling attachment needs, which is mm -hmm. the basis, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing I referred to before, like what can feel as magic when you meet another gifted person and you connect uh, through these individual stories and the art of gifted connection, I think that's that is more a, a bit more about emotional loneliness, about really experiencing intimacy with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And the moment when you are have are having a conversation with another gifted person, and you know you're <laughs> building up all those layers, symbols, abstract, and there's a moment of gifted connection where you actually really see each other and connect from the emotional level and maybe express something about the loneliness that you experience have experienced then there's some sort of magic because it's a really yeah. intimate experience that you have with the other person yeah. it's also different from i guess social loneliness right because mm -hmm. that also is mediated a lot by the question whether or not you have the need to be part of a group uh, what what is the, your particular specific need do you want mm -hmm. to be part of a group in a more extroverted manner or do you enjoy sitting on the bench and the side and just watching the group mm -hmm. um, and that already fulfills a certain need so there are so many layers as you said and also different or layers maybe sort of types of loneliness and these get mediated also by who you are particularly as a gifted person yeah and um as you're talking about like the emotional loneliness then when you think about the gifted aspect like there's so there can be such intellectual loneliness which is kind of what i was saying before where you can have somebody that's maybe at a very different you know giftedness level or you you know you're gifted and somebody's not not gifted and there's kind of this intellectual need that you have for complexity and for exchange this kind of yeah we're not just like brain brains on a stick as sometimes it's said and um and and that we don't really need that like interconnection with the other brains like we absolutely need it also on that intellectual level and mm -hmm. for some you know for a non-gifted person Maybe somebody who has a non-gifted person who has high uh, intellectual overexcitability, they might 
feel more of that need. But if they don't have that, they might not feel so much need to go into intellectual complexity or depth with the people around them. But, you know, the higher you go on the giftedness scale, the more you need that, the more that's like yeah. a fundamental need. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the fact that it's, it's a fundamental need because it's also an emotional need. Yeah. Right. So it regulates ourselves. It regulates our body. Also, it regulates yeah. the, the, whether we feel safety or not. And of course, there's always the challenge whether or not you overemphasize the intellectual uh, channel, so to speak, to feel safe. Yes. Uh, but we shouldn't also dismiss that it's it's a vital part of some gifted people that they really need their intellectual hunger to be satisfied. Yeah. And the thing is also, you no, know, it's it's interesting about the word giftedness, the, the word gift. Um, so I, I, I reference you the book, The Gift by Lewis Hyde. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like the idea that a gift is something that uh, is about an exchange, really. So it's something that's in between people, right? There's, there's sort of the giver and the receiver, but the, the value is in, in the movement between those two and the, um, the, the, the openness the one has towards the other one, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't see, you don't really optimally experience sense the giftedness if there isn't this gift going on between two people or between the person yeah. and the environment uh, and uh, i think that's that also understripes why it's so important to recognize whether or not loneliness is part of the experience of the gifted person you're interacting with um, and you're mirroring because if the loneliness is part of their experience they probably have these restricted narratives and that what we actually understand as gifted the openness right the overexcitability, the complexity intensity it isn't really living it's let's say optimal and I don't mean it in a productive way but optimal state uh, because the fundamental needs are getting frustrated and we don't actually see the giftedness in and of itself expressed mm -hmm. so I really yeah I think that loneliness is a very important topic for a lot of yeah. gifted people to to dare also or to be encouraged to to speak about and to connect about yeah i, I completely agree okay i want to add one more thing on this and then i'll ask you to kind of give us a summary of your discussion on the other podcasts which we'll link to by the way in our in our notes as you were talking about the physical side i think that's also so important to highlight specifically because sometimes people try to fill the loneliness with physical input and as you say they can get stuck in restrictive narratives and those narratives could be verbal or or like textual narratives or they can be physical narratives you know like chemicals in our body keep doing the same thing because that's the script that you know came about for them to survive whatever they were going through before so that can come out in like excessive sex excessive eating um excessive anything that's physical that that even even it can just be something a little bit more benign, like you just are always busy, always busy doing something with your body. Um, and you think that if you're always busy doing something with your body, that you're going to fulfill that that emptiness or you, you hope that you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, and admit, or, I, I, I guess I guess you don't even think about it. That's I, I think well, many people yeah, don't even think about it's it. Just a physical thing that you just do. Yeah. yeah. And when I've worked with people who have gotten stuck in those patterns, um, and, you know, I'm, it's not just a me, them. I've had some version of that in my past as well. And it's really challenging because it's like, how do you narrate this thing that's just, mm -hmm. 
it's just uh, an embodied pattern and you don't even really recognize that you're doing it. Um, and then there's the like a certain vulnerability in coming out and saying, oh, actually I'm trying to fulfill intellectual needs or emotional needs or existential needs or creative needs um, mm -hmm. or sensual needs by physical busyness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's something really just worth highlighting. And one way it's shown up in my life, and I'll mention it because I, you know, I've seen a lot of people that that have experienced it this way, quite sadly, uh, is through physical pain. So mm -hmm. certain, I don't want to say chronic illnesses, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's not like a one-to-one -one explanation for chronic illness, but there can be an element for a lot of people of having these other like un forgifted people having these other unmet needs intellectual creative mm -hmm. and so on yeah um, and it gets expressed in the body because it's like i know for myself when i've had pain it gives me a lot to think about research research all the possible causes it gives me a lot of intellectual <laughs> input but yeah. i think i would rather have that intellectual input in other ways yeah. and yeah and yeah then, if you recognize that and, and validate that and get those needs met then it can shift yeah, and in that, in that state, of course, again, you don't really connect with, let's say, the wholeness of your giftedness. So you can't really recognize what is actually for you the most uh, intense experience expression of intellectual needs. Maybe you focus your intellectual capacity to know more about the pain, but it's, it's not per se the thing that you really enjoy the most, where you feel most fulfilled, also on the level of values, etc., to express your giftedness in such a way. Yeah, I think loneliness in and of itself, as a, re a representative of a frustration of fundamental needs, often comes along with hypervigilance or uh you know having this hyperactive default network which is just having all these yeah. imaginations continuously and not connecting with the here and now because that's too painful to be in and we know that that also is part of ongoing stress and we know that that leads to chronic illnesses so i think even if it's not a one-on-one -on -one relationship i think there is you know it's very important for us to understand that loneliness is not something that should be a taboo but should be at the heart of our questioning what do, do you need as a person how yes. do you connect what's the quality of your connection um, and all the more so difficult when you have very different needs altogether like when your intellectual need is so much intense more intense and complex than another person and what happens often, if you show yourself a little bit with this intensity and complexity, the other person will sort of not, uh, not by, by will, so to speak, but as human beings are, will you know, so alienate itself a little bit from you, like you're this special person. And we know that if you see another person as a special person, there's a tendency to feel less empathy towards that person because maybe if you see that special person struggle that might trigger some empathy yeah but you don't feel empty uh, empathy if you see that special person being able to formulate a certain sentence in a very eloquent manner right mm -hmm. <laughs> just to name a personal example i've had a lot, a lot of times uh -huh. where people Same. sort of yeah you know blank out really and say like oh okay yeah i never thought about it that way and just that sentence in and of itself even if it doesn't mean something um, harsh for them can feel harsh for me because it sort of you know triggers a paradoxical experience of okay it's very it's sort of a beauty that they experience right there yeah. but it's also something that creates disconnection yeah like oh you you you're you're very able to talk eloquently 
and at the same time i don't really understand you <laughs> so right and the, just like for me the pinnacle of that experience is going to therapy when you're seeking support mm -hmm. and that's what is is re, uh, reflected back to you i have had that experience very many times mm -hmm. um and that's yeah that's that's really challenging it's something i hear all the time from people who come to into gifted who have looked for good coaching or therapy and that that's what's been reflected back to them and from the therapist side it can feel like they're giving the client a compliment or you know mm -hmm. that they're that yeah. they're acknowledging wow you know you're such a complex thinker but it can feel so alienating and so disappointing for the client that's looking for that kind of support so it's like yeah it can just be a friend who says it and that make that you know, has that hurt? But when you're really going uh, to somebody saying, okay, I can't, I can't figure these things out on my own. I need to hold somebody's, yeah. Yeah. you know, hand, <laughs> not physically, yeah. but I need to hold somebody's hand that, that can help me through this. And then the person says, wow, you seem to know more than me on this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's, that's, that creates fragmentation, yeah. disorientation. And I think, you know, something um, during, um, lectures that I give or certain trainings, there are teachers that ask me, so what's the right way to connect with gifted children? And one of the, the first things I often discuss with them is just having the ability to say, hey, that's an interesting thing. I don't really know a lot about it, but it sounds, shall we just look it up together? Shall we dive into the research? So just expressing your vulnerability, your uncertainty when the gifted child is, you know, raising questions that you actually can't answer. Yeah. And the same thing in therapy, I guess, is um, I've had a therapist that I wouldn't per se characterize as gifted, but were emotionally very connected and just expressed, you know, oh, I, I can imagine that you felt quite lonely then or something yeah. like that. And then you don't have to have an intense intellectual conversation about all the different layers of loneliness per se, right. but you do have that fulfillment in that moment that, that um, of the attachment needs really. Yeah. And that's, I think, is a very important one. But of course, that demands sort of <laughs> that the therapist is also, you know, self-aware and is emotionally right. in tune. And, you know, maybe in that sense, as a lot of development as a human being to know what is really the essential thing expressed in that interaction. Yeah, absolutely. That's been my experience, too, uh, in, in terms of therapists who maybe aren't gifted, but they have this openness that where they can still see that just because you can understand things in a complex abstract way doesn't mean that you got it. It doesn't mean that you don't feel pain. And mm -hmm. so validating that and then inviting you as the client to explore that with them and that they're, they're curious to learn more, even if they don't already understand it all. And even if I've had, a, I have, I've had a really good therapist um, tell me, even if I don't in the end, understand all of the complexities of what we talk about, I can really get a sense of what you live through and what you've lived through and, I can really represent that somehow mm. to myself. And that's mm. like like the fact that, you know, she she she's taken the time and and her her emotions and her her intellectual resources to try to understand and and represent, you know, my experience to herself is like, wow. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what like you're highlighting, that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you said that very eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> How fitting for our discussion. <laughs> okay, so let's let you let me let me stop talking and I, and I will let you uh, summarize a bit 
on what you talked about in the other podcast so we can bring in any additional themes that you know that you talked about there that you think are relevant for us to discuss together yeah so some some topics we already spoke about um i think we started out with reflecting on the importance of having that sort of space with another person to reflect upon the experience of loneliness especially also for those gifted persons that have this intense introspective nature and that through this nature so to speak will touch upon existential themes that maybe through for everybody we don't know of course we can check but they have sort of an insight from a very young age and through these experiences and they sometimes also know what words might relate to these experiences might verbalize it might be able to symbolize it and if you can connect that very intimate subjective experience with a more collective dimension of it mm-hmm. um, we talked about how that could be um, how do you say it in english maybe comforting there's another word mm-hmm. is that a good yeah. word so I notice in my own practice that uh, for the more philosophically oriented gifted person, this is a very important perspective. Like, okay, so you from a young age on living this intensity and complexity have insight into something that is actually a collective experience from mm-hmm. a certain dimension, right? And mm-hmm. and also the the value of connecting that intimate experience with the philosophers, the psychologists that already spoke about it, wrote about it, etc um so that we talked about that aspect and i think um something that we also talked about but more indirectly is that what's also important is the perception of isolation so there are also gifted persons that are quite popular or are socially you know engaged uh, or uh, maybe not even extrovert extrovert maybe also introvert but are able to connect with people easily um, and they don't seem lonely mm-hmm. but if you ask it they will feel lonely and if you ask the people around them they will often qualify the gifted person as a very social very nice human being and they probably wouldn't know that the gifted person feels lonely yeah. so that i think that's also an interesting theme when it comes to giftedness and loneliness that you should really ask the gifted person self whether or not what the quality of the relationship is to him or her and also yeah. to sort of learn to take off the mask and to be true first of all to oneself to see yourself in your experience the more so if you tend to sort of you know um how do you say that in english to sort of focus your energy to the other person or you know Mm -hmm. being a high empath for example so see yourself connect with yourself that gives you the the possibility to show yourself and to be seen on a different level and sometimes we forget that dimension of connecting with yourself yeah um, and yeah, I think that's also something that we find sometimes in, let's say, the literature or the writings about giftedness, that if we say, okay, the gifted person doesn't really struggle because, you know, he or she is able indeed to, with the high intelligence, has a certain form of resilience, can indeed, you know, connect with different people. Well, you know, you should ask the person herself, how, how does he or she feel about it? Because again, emotionally, with the level of intimacy, it could be that there's a lot of loneliness going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Very important points. Okay, I'm going to start with your second one because it connects to something that I've been researching over these last few years and would really like to do a special episode on when I can find the right person to do it with. Um, But it's on the concept of childhood emotional neglect. 
And for anybody who has not heard of this, and most people have not, because it's kind of a relatively new term in psychology, it's like where parents didn't maybe abuse you or the, your context didn't abuse you outrightly, but there was a neglect. Maybe you got fed well, you had fun, you had friends, like everything on the outside looked great, but emotionally your, par- your parents or your carers and, or your family did not notice what you were feeling emotionally or mm-hmm. um, tried to, you know, try to keep you to not, you know, try to keep you not talking about or, or feeling your emotions because maybe a lot of times they, they just didn't have their own emotional intelligence or emotional awareness, probably because of childhood emotional neglect, you know, in the family line. And what ends up happening is there's like, you can have a gifted person that's brilliant, but then when it comes to them being aware of their own emotional needs, it's like a, it's like a blank space. And they end up feeling this internal emptiness. And when I've worked with people like this, and I have some of this in my past as well, you you say, okay, so how do you feel? And they're like, what? Do you, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. And you say like, well, what are your needs? And they're like, I don't know. Like, you know, we have taught this um, gifted, gifted needs workshop, legitimizing your gifted needs workshop. And sometimes I, I've had you know, participants come to me and say, come to me after and say, I, conceptually, I really love everything. I just can't find the answers in myself. I don't know yeah. when it, you know, when yeah. it's coming to it. So that's a really yeah. interesting point because um, it's totally true that the, the gifted person has to be aware of like connected to their own self to understand what are their needs. But a lot of times this exact profile, the one you're talking about, the gifted person who has friends and they're out and they're doing and they're performing and they look on the outside, everything looks great. But on the inside, there's an emptiness and um, they wouldn't even describe it probably as loneliness. I mean, when I've asked these kinds of people, I'm like, you know, do you feel lonely? It's like, no, I mean, I have friends and, you know, but it always comes back to this kind of here. I can list to you what I do in a day. I can list to you who my friends are. I can list to you what we talk about. Yeah. It, yeah. There's not yeah. this internal sense of I know who I, I know who I am. It's a big question, but, you know, I know. <laughs> I know what my needs are. I know what I feel. And I know I can, I can gauge whether my needs are being met or not. Yeah. And I think that this is this, I think this is also a very big cultural problem. I think that like emotional neglect is part of our culture. We lack the words, we lack the ways. And of of course there are many wonderful um, trainers, thinkers, doers that already connect people with each other and, you know, um, find ways to indeed express the emotional level of life. But still, it's I think it's it's on a cultural level, societal level that we miss it. Our leaders don't talk in that way, don't express their feelings directly. Um, I myself was in a training a couple of uh, weeks ago and I had this very interesting experience where the trainer uh, directly said to me, looking looking in my looking into my eyes, I really feel the longing to get to know you better. And he said it in a very, you know, um, calm way mm-hmm. and, and a safe way. Mm-hmm. I felt very safe also. And I find that uh, afterwards, I find it so interesting that experience because it was just there. There was there was there was no invitation to do something with it. It was just an expression of an emotional experience mm-hmm. and, and, and and a possible movement in the body, so to speak, like, you know, I want to get to know you better. And it was really intense on an emotional level, but in a safe way. And I really was so um, fascinated by it because I thought we don't really talk in this way with each other. 
right? We don't stay present with what is emotionally happening. And it's so difficult for a gifted person having perhaps a lot of words or a lot of answers or a lot of structures, concept, matrix to respond to the question, you know, are you lonely? To learn, really to learn, because I think I love to, to use the word learn because that often triggers a gifted person to want to know yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to overcome a gifted person's resistance, you just use yeah. the word learn. Yeah, that. exactly. Okay, I want to learn. Like to learn, like, okay, so this is just a level, the dimension in which you live, and this is the way to communicate it. And there, and you know, we get from, from the culture, we get so many layers, like it's a sin, right? So maybe people could say, oh, does, is it really a trainer that said to you that the person felt the longing to get to know you better? That shouldn't, a trainer shouldn't say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people would respond in that way. Mm -hmm. There was no problem at all. It was just a human being and another human being <laughs> expressing mm -hmm. <laughs> an emotional experience, which I think, yeah, that in this way, um, I really hope that on a cultural level, societal level, um, worldly level, worldly global level, we really, you know, learn how to be emotionally much more direct in an uh, empathic manner, in an empathic way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think that this will also very much touch upon the loneliness feelings of a lot of gifted person because I think they they actually in a lot of them in their sensitivity do on a certain level know exactly that this is what they are experiencing but they've never been mirrored they've never been yeah. validated and that from a young age on right so yeah. you're just being open as a young child and yeah if you're extra let's say wired in a certain sense yeah you do experience that spontaneous feelings oh that's interesting mm -hmm. even more so than maybe or qualitatively different than another gifted or another child an ungifted child yeah so there is this inner knowing and it's mm -hmm. so important to connect with it yeah yeah but i find for a lot of people it's like sometimes it's like almost pre-verbal it's like Ooh. you have to find the tools to to learn about it and it's not Ooh, through yeah. narratives and words because when you actually try to go through narratives and words it's a blank space for them um and sometimes not only a blank space, blank space, but like a blank space with a door that mm, is like yeah. locked and it, that's not safe to go in there. You know, yeah. So when people are really in that space, I'm like, a, you know, therapy is a really good idea to work with somebody who can help you to go access that that door safely. Yeah, um, and I think also like working with uh, with the body, right? Embody embodiedness, yeah. and this this is also a change that we see culturally happening. Of course, even just the fact that we don't often relate anything of the body with giftedness is just strange here you have the stereotype again absolutely yeah um and this speaks then to you know these bigger themes of collective trauma intergenerational trauma transgenerational trauma systemic trauma like there and this is you know thank goodness becoming something that is more uh, talked about in mainstream psychology bit by bit I wish that it was talked about way more than it is, but whatever, there's good people doing good work on it, um, like Gabor Mate in, in Canada and um, uh, Terry Reel in the US. You know, there are people really talking about this, these, these intergenerational and cultural traumas, systemic traumas that, you know, result in many of us not having um, good awareness of our emotions or not feeling safe having awareness of our emotional needs and so having that kind of blank space when we look at who am i you know it's like i we have all the accomplishments but then we have a blank space mm -hmm. and yeah. we don't know what to do with that and that 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 comes from these you know traumas these intergenerational traumas and 
and the collective systems and stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's so important to be talking about that. In fact, my next um, guest is going to be Mark Smolowitz, the director of the G-Word film. And we're going to be talking about collective trauma and how it affects gifted people specifically. So. Oh, what an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. looking really forward to hear more about it. Yeah. Yeah, because it really is like if our, if the people that raised us didn't have emotional skills and then yeah, and it's, it's also, it, it, where do we get it? How do where we... do we get it? Yeah, right. And it's also about tapping into a collective consciousness, what is happening on that level, right? And yeah. I think that in gifted field, we very much lack that more collective understanding of what sort of, if I can say that with a sort of collective understanding of what giftedness entails. Yeah. So, so um, I'm very happy with the differentiation we can notice between gifted people. Like there, you know, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of diversity. And there's another perspective that I think we could explore and dive into much more. And that's trying to understand it from the collective. Yeah. So uh, like, like the gift is in the exchange, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Which... yeah which ties back into your the, the first point that you were mentioning in the summary of uh, what you discussed in the other podcast, you know, this kind of um, going from the subjective to the collective and making that like joining the dots that you understand that, that you fit as a human. And like, I, I remember one of the things that I was really troubled by when I came into the gifted field was like this idea that if I'm, if I'm gifted, I'm so different that I can no longer relate to humans like you know it's almost as if i'm not human which is what i talked about in the um in the fourth episode you know about this kind of symbolism this idea like i'm an alien and i understand it it's something i told myself to cope with how i felt back then but when i realized how damaging that restrictive narrative was um mm -hmm. and and how that kept me from you know from the exchange that you're talking about mm -hmm. from being gifted in the exchange um then i realized oh i have to let this go because really, mm -hmm. I'm just human like everybody else and everything else, not even, I mean, we can go way beyond human, like any living system has some version of the intelligences. It's not like, oh, you know, I have highly complex intelligence in these ways and everything else doesn't have anything. It's like, no, it's all on gradients. And also having highly complex intelligence sometimes in some of these ways is not the most favorable thing for the context. And so like, everything is super contextual you yeah. know it, there is no one better or worse and i think that was really helpful for me to say okay how can i develop a body of work that's about recognizing the humanity of giftedness and where hum where giftedness fits in humanity the vulnerability as well as the capacity for accomplishment and the capacity for contribution and how does that meet the needs of gifted people and the non-gifted people that exchange with the gifted people like it has to meet everybody's needs like it has to be a regenerative system otherwise it's not going to work and so you have like a lot of the separate like these kind of old separation um narratives around giftedness like let's just put all the gifted people like sometimes we we hear like gifted island or something and i used to think oh yeah if, if we were all gifted then it could be you know so great but actually that's not that's not realistic. No, I think that's also, you know, there's that's also restricted narrative. That's the, that's the false perception of separateness. So I yes. don't want to deny the reality, the emotional, re social reality of loneliness, but it's a false perception of uh, separateness. And I think, you know, if somebody has the metaphor of an alien, you can also ask, are you like 
are you an animal? Are you a plant? Are you a gifted animal? What kind of plant are you? I mean, you can play around with the metaphor if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. also to distract really from that, you know, that, that pattern of a learned metaphor of being an alien. Um, not to, again, uh, deny the emotional need underneath, but to learn how to play with who you are as a human being. And it's also very much a, a, something that you with a gifted mind can enjoy. Like really think it through, feel it through. What are you really? Do you know what you are? You're also made out of stardust, really. What? So what are you really, right? Right. So and I and this is of course this can lead into nihilism a little bit if you don't connect it with the emotional level. Yeah. Right. So but nowadays we have so much research also into the intelligence of plants, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you can think about indeed what the interaction between a certain animal and a certain context is. I really, so during certain trainings I do, um, I ask people, okay, so look at yourself from a David Attenborough lens. So how do you, what do you see, right? Yeah. You know, you have this sort of empathic and a somewhat ironic way of describing yourself like David Attenborough does. And it's just a fun exercise, but it's sort of an invitation to look at yourself from a di different perspective. And yeah. also um, the, the, the beauty of giftedness is also in that interaction with the context. So if the gifted person sees something, perceives something differently, and that at that moment that that happens, also the context change, changes, yeah. right? Because it's in the observer also that the context had any meaning at all. Um, yes. So I really love when it comes to we've gifted people, I really love to play around with these kinds of um, narratives and stories that we tell tell ourselves about who we are. Yeah. Me too. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking um, about you know quantum physics and the. You know the quantum nature of reality because you know like i read last year um carlo rovelli's uh oh, reality is not what it seems if anybody wants a a good uh <laughs> like something that shakes up your mind that's <laughs> so great that is a great great book um and uh, you know i just quote him because he, he's such a good writer but i mean i've read a lot about these things and it's a level i think on a lot as well like if you really go down you know stardust even if you look at what you take one speck of stardust and you go down. Well, actually, in the end, you find that it, it doesn't really exist as a physical mm. thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a right. It's it's fields and um, and uh, vibration. And so mm -hmm. I even like to work on that level sometimes with people and with myself as well, being like we have a lot of and then this comes back to the collective stuff, the collective consciousness we have created these narratives and you talk about these restricted narratives you know there's we can have an individual restrictive narrative about ourselves but collectively we have these majorly restrictive narratives oh, about yeah. what existence is and what an individual is yeah. and so to a large degree i mean i find that this work um this work that you do with clients the work that i do with people like it's focused on getting out of not only the local uh, restrictive narratives but also the collective restrictive narratives um that can feel scary to people because if you drop all the narratives, then you're just, uh, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel that. like positive disintegration right away. Right. <laughs> no. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it, I mean, to a degree is like a positive disintegration of the, your cosmology or something. And then that mm -hmm. can feel like, you know, terrifying because suddenly you don't exist anymore. Um, but it's about as you're talking about, and as your work, uh, is an example of, 
it's the, it's about being creative with all of these different things and finding how to utilize these things in a positive way in the exchange in the social exchange for me and for the for everybody that I come into contact with yeah. like there is that generative thing and so I just kind of like bring in as we're looking at it like well people can't see me but I'm making a circle on my uh, with my hands and then outside of that circle outside of what we're talking about so far in a way like then there's like this whole um, you know ecosystemic approach like physically physical ecosystemic approach looking at where we are in the physical ecosystems and reconnecting on all the different levels like I know one of my best ways of getting out of a lot of these collective narratives has mm -hmm. been to learn about the like basic biological world. So learning about the, the microbiome, learning about um, the body systems, learning about soil, learning about water, the water cycles. Like for me, getting involved in climate activism and climate leadership and, and climate psychology has been so great in terms of the loneliness question. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because even if you connect with, let's say you live on Gifted Island, okay? <laughs> <laughs> connecting with like all these gifted people and you're it's so fantastic you're still disconnected from a lot of the reality like a lot of the intelligence and a lot of the life systems that are around us and there is a certain loneliness even if you have all that intellectual like person to person those needs met in our collective yeah. restricted narrative you're still yeah. going to feel that sense of it's there's something more there's something more i need yeah and, and you still have the challenge, perhaps, of sort of attachment patterns on Gifted Island, but that's another <laughs> that's another topic to dive into. Oh, that would be a fun <laughs> experience, uh, thought experiment. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I remember reading The Hidden Life of Trees. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite books. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, by Peter Bolleben, and I and I remember just the first time after reading that book, walking in a forest, and just the uh, you know the the pure just recognition of another being yeah. like the beingness Same. of the trees and just also the i felt i felt so in a certain sense so small also literally because i didn't know to differentiate between all the trees and you know i had learned now by by reading that they're all different of course you know ways that they cope with their context and whether they flourish or not and i was trying to see whether i could remember uh, what Peter wrote about and then I remembered to remember literally <laughs> with the yeah. tree because yeah. the way he wrote about it was really also through love like, yes. like very compassionate and it's so interesting thing that I think with, with, when it comes to loneliness indeed connection with a bigger whole is so important and we don't know this yet in our culture we don't remember it anymore we have lacked this we, we lack this knowledge right now we i think perhaps maybe it was there it isn't there i'm not sure but i think we are a lot of people don't know that they lack the connection connection with nature yeah um, and i i don't want to th over romanticize this in a way that you don't need the connection with other people or you know it's just right. the case that the attachment needs are really a basis for every human being to feel okay um, not to be in a stress situation continuously, but this is also a very important aspect to feel resourced um, and to be able to connect to other people again and even feel able to sort of, you know, deal with the diversity, deal with the fact that not everybody goes along with your intensity and complexity if you feel that the tree is standing beside you, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you give yourself the option also to um, 
in a positive sense, like I said, feel small. I don't know the English word like you feel it's like you you. I think somehow if we if we grow up, we are so much oriented towards other people that the way we perceive our world through that sort of human structure is really a reduction of the complexity like like you always said also said like there's so much other intelligence out there and sometimes you just need to know a little bit more about it and you also need to sense it you need to feel the soil you know you need to work with it in any way that works for you in your environment to let your intelligence get to know the other intelligence a little bit exactly. more yeah. and then your eyes open uh, and that makes it also a little bit more easy for your heart to open towards all the other things that are out there and also you know what things that you also sometimes remember when you stay present with the loneliness feelings is that um yeah we're all vulnerable we're all part of this crazy situation nobody asked to be here we're here anyway <laughs> what the heck are we, we doing we don't really even know what we are or why or... yeah yeah no right so and that's that's a um state of relaxation it's it, it's also a way a way through anxiety a way through anger a way through you know possible freeze response towards relaxation and towards okay if i don't really know it is true that sometimes something can happen tomorrow that's really harsh and i might lose my life uh but and that's really sad but at the same time all you are is this connection this this Connection, not disconnection, but disconnection is everything that's there, <laughs> right? So yeah, and I, so I do, I mean, I do feel in a sense humble because I don't still know how to integrate that fully in my life, like that connection with the being an integral part of nature. Um, but those give the person that sense, oh, I might have forgot that existential that being that I am. Go dive into these kinds of books. Read yeah. about. Indeed, read about biology. Just go straight to, you know, even the facts. Just read, make you makes you wonder how does it yeah. really work, and yeah. uh, it will it will make you feel resourced. It so, will, and you know, I'm thinking as you're talking about, it, I'm thinking like the just the fact of remembering that we are multicellular cellular beings. Mm -hmm. We have more um, like bacteria and uh, other kinds of cells than human cells. <laughs> You know, it's it, it's cool to remember, and it brings back the you use the word humble, and I was going to use the same word, so I want to like okay. highlight that that I think you know in working with people on on gifted loneliness as a you know in the ways that I have in my work, it's like humility is an essential part of the whole thing, like getting curious about all of the possibilities, and when you're in if it if you know the loneliness comes from trauma or childhood emotional neglect or these kinds of you know things that are reverberating into the from your past into the present it can be difficult and it can be you know trauma brain wants to see everything in black and white and it can be really difficult to hold open that curiosity um and that's why a therapist is really great when they can say i don't understand everything but it's really interesting let's explore it together i'm you know i'm interested to discover more because that helps you to um to to get curious about your own situation and, and get curious about the context that you're in and the complexity of the life around you uh so yeah that's that's super important um and then the other word that came to my mind was awe the capacity for feeling the sense of awe i think a lot of times gifted people feel so bored mm -hmm. because their needs aren't being met that they don't feel a sense of awe and that yeah. sense of awe is so essential to our well-being yeah. yeah. to be regularly feeling the sense that i belong to something greater than myself greater than whatever my ego is or whoever i am i belong to something 
that and, and I fit in that system. And when I see myself like as a multicellular organism that's, I don't know, just doing its thing and like my microbiome is like taking up a lot of the space of quote who I am and all of that in and, and its own intelligence and my immune system and all these different things. I'm like, oh, even my body is really like a big sense of awe and I don't even, wow, it's, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's really inspiring and it gives that sense of like, yeah, I do belong because all of these other multicellular beings, my two cats, yeah. fantastic yeah. cats, you know, they're also these multicellular <laughs> beings and trees and everything else out there that's alive is, you know, generally a multicellular being. Obviously we have the single, single cell beings as well, but it's just like, oh, wow, that's really fascinating. And when I'm thinking in those terms or when I'm feeling that feeling, that sense of expansion and curiosity and wonder, it's really hard for me to think, oh, my poor gifted self, nobody understands me. Mm -hmm. I can't connect with anybody, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It doesn't take it away entirely in the sense that like once I'm done having my awe moment, I might be like, okay, I really want to discuss quantum physics with a friend. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it means I'm not sitting there all day going, I have nobody to discuss quantum physics with. Yeah. And and of that. For your, for your mental health is very important, I guess. Right. For just for, yeah. for your state of, for, for your happiness yeah. uh, and for your body, literally it's for y your body suffers. If you live chronically in those restricted narratives yeah. um, and you know, indeed gifted children on a young age might already get bored which is very sad because indeed I think that experience of awe is where we start to, where the giftedness actually begins, you know, where the growth needs become, uh, you know, visible and maybe potentially we can fulfill them even. So that's where you actually might start to see or recognize giftedness really. Mm -hmm. So awe is, I think should be the, the some of the core parts of the recipe that we call school <laughs> or education. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh -huh. And anytime we notice that the awe is lacking, we, as a teacher, perhaps we might, or anybody facilitating the teacher, we might think, oh, we, maybe we should try out something else, or maybe we should try it another perspective. And maybe that's also where the fun of the teaching starts, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and so you yourself also as a teacher can remain in that place of awe. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And, I and think this is how, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's something that positive psychology, of course, touches upon, but it's difficult for us human beings to, re to reconnect with, with the importance of these kinds of feelings, because we get all wired up in the negative, quote unquote, uh, emotions, right, in, in the threats, in uh, and the potential threat that's out there. And of course, that's understandable, but those facilitating others, like we are doing, or in another context, uh, we can still learn a lot, I think, about how we can facilitate these kinds of new, not even positive psychological experiences, but fundamental existential experiences of being a human animal, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And like for listeners who are going, yeah, but I mean, even if, even if somebody's helping me, it's still so hard. I mean, I just want to say to any of you, like trauma's for real. It's not, uh, mm. it's not, it's not an easy thing to heal from. And it takes time. And so when it, when the resistances or when the blank space or when the issues of loneliness really are, you know, are from trauma and attachment, trauma and, and, and these kinds of things, um, 
yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a process of working on it. And I think that's important because a lot of times people think, why am I being so resistant? Why am I? And then they go and get into a, you know, like self-blame mm, situation yeah. and feeling yeah. guilty. And, yeah. and so it's yeah. not that, I mean, there's this healthy balance. You know, we, we also culturally risk getting too much into the trauma narrative and, and then putting everything on trauma and then forgetting that we also have a lot of resilience and we have a lot of capacity to, to engage even when there's pain, you know, like there's both sides of the, the thing. Yeah. Um, but some people want to avoid thinking about trauma at all. And some people say, well, I had a fine childhood, but that's why I point out like the childhood yeah. emotional neglect and these kinds of yeah. things that yeah. aren't necessarily war or outright abuse or something. It doesn't, you know, if you have, if you find you keep looping around again and again, and you can't seem to, um, connect to these questions of awe or to these, you know, these feelings of awe, or you can't seem to connect to yourself physically, or you can't seem to connect to people, feel safe connecting to people. You have really like attachment fear or something like that. Yeah. It's, it points to the fact there, there could be some trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that to me, it's sort of, I guess that wraps it up a little bit also that, you know, here we touch upon really about the fact that we we are individual individuals but we aren't also we're just yeah. so we're so connected we're just really the fact is really that we're fully connected to everything it's just it's very difficult to imagine this mm -hmm. because it's the living fact right um and and that makes it also in a sense turf, deeply vulnerable life yeah. Yeah. and and sometimes it's very important to shine a light upon that vulnerability by calling it trauma and sometimes it's very important to shine a light upon it and call it awe or experience it as awe. Uh, and sometimes it's, you know, two sides of the same thing that we call life. <laughs> very eloquently said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to recommend a book on this topic, which is called Mind by Daniel Goleman. And it's where he really talks about how we are an individual, but we're not an individual and uh, very insightful on that matter. Um, and also in thinking about what is intelligence, is it is it something that's autonomous and unique to me or is it something that's plugged in um, in general? So that's that's a very um, it's a it's a very cool resource. Uh, then I wanted to ask you as we close, you mentioned The Secret Life of Trees by Peter Voldeben. I want to also recommend um, Kiss the Soil, uh, which is a documentary that's about soil. And I think there's another book that I don't remember the name of it. It's probably just called Soil or something that I would like to recommend, but I have to go hunt for the name. I don't, I often don't remember titles. Um, and I would like to recommend as well, the one that I mentioned um, uh, by Carlo Rovelli, which is the mm -hmm. reality is not what it seems. Um, what about you? What are ones that you would recommend or some you know, videos or, or something that you would recommend that helps a person to kind of take that step back and see where they fit in the very complex web of intelligent life. Yeah, I think to st for many people, I think to start out with the work of Johanna Macy is a very good uh, start uh, because she has a, she created a quite strong synthesis, I think, in her work. Mm -hmm. You know, the work that we can actually, of course, know about it. So I often recommend her work. Uh, some people also very much feel um, their need for compassion, sometimes unknown need for compassion, mirrored in the work, um, the Thai teacher, Nutai Natan, mm -hmm. the Buddhist teacher, 
Um, yeah, and I think that generally speaking, because this is something I think is interesting to know about if you don't already know about it, is that currently there's just a lot of scholars, authors, thinkers, field thinkers, um, trying to rewrite our history in a sense, trying to find different perspectives to understand who we are as human beings. Mm -hmm. um, so I just read a book, I don't know what the English title is, by Odette Calor, mm -hmm. The Journey of Humanity, I, I think it, the title is. So he also has a different perspective to think about history and how, mm -hmm. how, how we came about, how social inequalities came about, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these kinds of perspectives, I think, are also very important because that's an antidote to those cultural restrictive narratives that we touched upon a little bit during this episode. Um, yeah, and the other authors, I don't know the name anymore. Yeah, but I can think about it and I will yeah. send you uh, a list. Okay, yeah, and yours makes me think of Jeremy Lent oh, yeah. um, oh, as yeah. well. His work is really yeah. good for this. Yeah. Um, I have like lists and lists of recommendations I could give on this, but I'll keep it somewhat limited. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I really enjoyed also um, Less is More. The... I was gonna say it. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, me too. And um, his book as well, it's Jason Hickel. Um, his book, uh, D The Divide is is okay. also admissible. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. I'm gonna, we'll have these all in the notes that and we'll have links so that everybody can go click on all of the things. In the notes, I'll also include your websites. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, on Lota's website for listeners, you can go to the page that has like interviews and stuff. And you'll find she's been uh, recently on the Positive Disintegration podcast with Chris Wells uh, and Emma Nicholson, and then Unleash Monday with Nadia Cheregetti. Uh, those are English, and then she has lots of stuff in Dutch as well. So if you speak or understand Dutch, then you can explore those other um, resources as well. And you can check out Lotus' work as you know, coach, trainer, the workshops coming up, and everything else that's uh, on her website. And I'll mention too that we that uh, Intergifted is having a. Um, so if you're listening to this, we're in June 2022 right now, and on June 21st. We're having a work that reconnects workshop. So this is based on the uh, Joanna Macy work that you had just mentioned. And um, that's going to be uh, facilitated by me and by Gwyneth Jones. She's a work that reconnects facilitator and a positive psychology coach and climate coach. So yeah, uh, so if anybody's listening, we still have a few spaces available and we'd love to have you with us. We're going to be exploring that in a gifted specific way, which will be actually very interesting. I think a lot of people who have... Um, explored that outside, have found that it's very nourishing for their gifted minds, but it'll be fun to see how really having it in a gifted specific context, talking about it from a gifted specific context and with, you know, exclusively gifted peers, it's going to be fascinating to see how that goes. So check it out if you're interested in joining us or if you would, if it's past June and you've missed it and it's something you'd be interested in, send us a, a message and we'll start a wait list and think about offering it again later on. So anything else to add before we close <laughs> there's so much there's so much to add <laughs> but 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 there's already already so much there right we just yeah. uh, so i think it was great talking to you i enjoyed it very much me too uh, it feels good to give voice to these kinds of uh, challenges experiences and i hope it was uh, valuable also to those listening same here and i kind of want to highlight to those listening that 
I can already hear, I can already imagine the messages I will get to say, oh, I wish I was as far along as the way you describe. And I don't think, I don't feel like I'll ever get there. And mm. I mean, I want to kind of go back to the start of our conversation when we said you found this out 13 years ago, I found this out right, right around the same time. We've been working on this personally, professionally for all of these years. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I can, I can give a very recent example, just a small one, like, like yeah. it was only like, five or six days ago that I talked about loneliness with my partner and we looked each other in the eye with tears and recognized that we both still had certain restricted narrative going on in our relationship dynamics, which made it in our new context, raising um, uh, our gifted child, made it extra, you know, challenging mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. feel the emotional connection. So this is not something that's sort of, I surpassed it. It's just uh, like you said, also it's something that pops up again and you have this context, which also challenges you to see it again and to recognize it in a new context. So uh, yeah, this is not yeah. something that I can uh, sort of say, I've done it, been there, done that, no. <laughs> no, and it's really why yeah. I, I wanted to call today's uh, talk, like have the title, uh, The Art of Gifted Connection in there because it's really, like I said, it's an art, it's an ongoing life project. It's not, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like, okay, yeah, I fixed my loneliness and now everything's great. It's like every day being aware of these different parts of ourselves. It's, it's the capacity to keep that connection, keep that exchange with ourselves and with the world around us that allows us to tweak every single day and take the, you know, take the steps that we need to meet our needs as much as we can understand them today. And tomorrow we become a little bit more aware and there's different parts of us that become aware at different times. So yeah, I just wanna encourage everybody that's listening that you know this is an ongoing project and it's really about um, committing yourself on a daily basis to taking the time, making the space. As you said, it takes space. You have to have the space, finding the right support if you need a therapist or if you need a coach, um, you know, doing workshops on, on themes that are related to this, taking the time to read these things. like. Don't sit there and wait for the, you know, the connection package to come to your door. <laughs> this is a really active, <laughs> active process. And, well, um, so, just... some podcast series will help. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. but yeah, it's like this is this is an area where you take self leadership and um, and really invest in yourself in this way. And over time, then you know you do experience these things that we're talking about today and it's very rewarding very rewarding yeah. so thank you so much Lotta. you too okay till next time <laughs> bye bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>